Alright, I think we're ready to go. We're rolling? Yep. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Deseret MMA Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Garrett Kimball. And as always, I'm joined by the wonderful Kobe Mooney. What's up? Sunday, September 18th, fresh off of Corey Sandhagen versus Song Yedong. The great night of fights. That was a really good night of fights. Before we get jumped into all of these great fights and what's coming, I just want to take a second to introduce to everyone the great Basin Edge Headquarters studio. It's great to be here. It's a great vibe we got going on down here. We are missing out on Bob, though. Bob, of course, will always be missed. He'll be around as much as he can. He just could not quite fit it into his schedule this week. He tried to work it out. He did want me to tell you guys all sorry for missing this week and that he'll for sure be back next week. How was it, man? How was your Saturday yesterday? It was a good Saturday. Good, good some good fights. I only watched the main card, but only the main card. I think you watched the prelims. No, of course, yeah. I'm, I watch all of it. I love all of it. I'm a slut for it all. <laughs> Give it all to me. It was a great night of fights um, at the Apex. Kind of good to get settled back down at the Apex after a couple weeks. I don't know how I feel about the vibe at the Apex, dude. No? You don't love the The crowd's missing at the Apex, dude. The crowd's missing, but it's almost like a refresher to get back to the Apex. Mm -hmm. It's it's nice. The Apex was built beautifully, and it served its purpose beautifully during the pandemic to get us through such a rough time with no sports. It was amazing. I, I love the Apex. I always like to get back there. Dana White says that the Apex will always be around. I think this is something that we'll see as we start getting back to um, more events with, with crowds after a couple weeks of with, with fans and everything. They'll come back, kind of reset. They've got the UF, the Dana White's Contender Series going on weekly, of course. Mm-hmm. Another five, five contract night at the Contender Series this week, I believe. I did not have the chance. I was actually out shooting around in the golf. I did not have the chance to watch it this week. But I did hear it was another five contracts. You know, um, the Contender Series is great. It's doing a lot of great things for the UFC, giving them their own kind of promotion to build up this talent, kind of like the Ultimate Fighter. Um, a lot of good fighters, like like something we'll talk, someone we'll talk about tonight with Joe mm-hmm. Pfeiffer coming off of there. Um it's great. I guess we can kind of get started. Um, it was a, actually it ended up being a really good card. There's it was kind of a slow start. You know, three or four decisions in a row. Um, I think five or four out of the first five were all decisions, which is I mean they they were still good fights. It was still fun to watch. Um, one early that kind of st- stood out to me was a uh, Javid Basharat. That was a good fight. Um, Basharat had a really big second round. He had a really high output. Um, this was in the Bantamweight division, which is always looking for new contenders. Bantamweight is great. Um, it's one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC right now. Bantamweight and lightweight division. That's killer's row right there. Basharat did. He used a lot of spinning kicks, which which everyone loves to watch. The people that can do the spinning kicks mm-hmm. that land, they can do the spinning elbows, and they have nasty oh, yeah. elbows from Anything inside out. So, yeah. It's always fun to watch. I uh, love watching that. Um, in the corner of Basharat was uh, Jake Shields. I don't, I don't know if you know who Jake Shields is. That's someone that's kind of roll, that rolls around with Nate Diaz. He was a former a former um, strike force middleweight champion. Um, he actually fought uh, George St. Pierre in the UFC and drug him out to a decision. I think it ended up being like there was one judge that had it 50-45, and then I think the other two was like 48-47. So he won rounds on, on George St. Pierre, and he's a kind of a coach now. He beat like Dan Henderson, Carlos Condit, and I think Robbie Lawler too. So Jake Shields is a good coach. He's kind of around. He was also there for like the Comzat beef a little bit with Paulo Costa. Him and Paulo Costa were kind of drilling some stuff. Wow, during that fight week when Comzat mm-hmm. got in that, that was like the first of all the shit of last week. Which we can put all that that behind us. Yeah. Um, Jillian Robertson, come back. Um, Jillian Robinson, someone that's that's been ranked and kind of been on the climb up, and then she's kind of settled down. She's no longer ranked, and she was kind of getting a good bounce back. She, her opponent, uh, Maria Agapov or Agapovia, 
I butchered that, but um, they both trained at American Top Team down there in Florida. So they've trained. They actually trained together, and uh, Jillian said that she always got the the better of them. But this, I want to stop right here with this. Something that I noticed in this fight that I never noticed before, which I noticed later on the card a couple of times, and then even later on when it showed like a recap of like um, Anthony Hernandez, he had it tonight, and I guess he had it in his last fight, and I've never even noticed it before, but these fighters that have gauges in their ears, they're mm -hmm. putting tape over yeah. their ears. Yeah, I noticed that. And I think that's to stop fingers fingers Ooh. from from going in Get through it, the ear hole. In your that your gauge hole, yeah. dude. So that's something that stood out to me about that fight. Um, it was a good one. It wasn't the craziest, but Maria landed some really, really nasty elbows. Anytime um, Jillian shot, she was not landing these nasty elbows from inside. But um, Jillian ended up getting on top, and I think it was in the second or third round, and she got her with like a, a rear naked choke. It was the second round. Second round, yeah, a yeah. rear naked choke. Um, that was a pretty good one. Um, to celebrate Hispanic History Month, Heritage Month, Heritage. Hispanic Heritage Month, Daniel Zell Uber walked out with a sombrero. Oh, really? Yeah, a sombrero on. It was great. Um, that was a pretty good fight. Let me switch over here to ESPN. Trey Ogden ended up winning that fight, unanimous decision. Um, Lomo... Luca Boone me <laughs> beat Denise Gomez. She actually cut Denise open really bad. Like within like the the first minute, she was just dumping blood. Dude, it, it was a bloody. It night. was a bloody night, and even on all over the prelims, there was blood everywhere. You you jumped in on the main card, and it was even yeah, bloody. For the, the octagon main card. was already bloody. It was I an extremely in. bloody night over here at the UFC. Um, something also, <laughs> Luma. I, I as the rounds. In between rounds, between two and three, as it ended, Luma, like, some women wear, like, a shirt over their fight gear, mm -hmm. and she, like, pulled it off, like, in between rounds, like, oh, <laughs> the yeah. camera was on her, she just, like, ripped it off, was like, I'm done with this shit, <laughs> <laughs> she, like, chucked it, I've never seen someone do that shit before, um, that was a good one, um, Luma ended up winning a decision, And then we got on to the Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles looked really good against Luis uh, Kosi. That was actually a really fun fight to watch. 30-27, um, 29-28, and 29-28. It, it was a really close fight. Not the highest output. Both men had a little bit of control time. Trevin Giles went two for five on takedowns. And Kosi went one for one on takedowns. And Kosi was supposed to be the big wrestler in this matchup. Uh, Trevin Giles is someone that fought at uh, light heavyweight. And then mm -hmm. middleweight, and now he's down to welterweight. I think his last fight was that. So I think he could be wrong, but I think he's 2-0 and now at, at, at welterweight. Um, that was a fun fight to watch. Kind of scroll around here. Um, Damon Jackson looked good against Pat Sabanati. That was another um, good one. Ended up with KO. Quick finish. There was only 16 strikes landed for Jackson in that fight. And then I guess we we roll into the main card now. This is kind of where you jumped in a little bit. Yeah, dude. That the main card. I was. It was a really good card. One of the best cards I've personally seen. It was. All the fights were good on it. You know, it started out with Anthony Hernandez versus Mark Andre Barriot. 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 Yeah. Mark Andre. Yeah. And that fight was. Anthony Hernandez kind of dominated that fight, I feel like. It was really good striking, really good on the ground. And then in the third round, picked him up and just dropped him on his head. That was crazy. I tuned Big, in. huge slam. I tuned in right before that right happened. Before so it. that's what I saw when I first I've first seen I've watching. seen people go out for less of a slam. And when you're talking at middleweight, that's 185 pounds at weight. They're probably walking in there around 190, 195, if not 200 mm -hmm. pounds. And he got slammed so fucking hard. Yes. <laughs> right on the top of his head. I couldn't believe that he got up. No, that was that was crazy. That, 
Hernandez is so good, and he's been around for a while. He's someone that we've seen. And I think this might be his big breakout fight to get to get into the top fifteen and get a top fifteen fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can. Kinda, I mean, that was a that was really good performance. We can kind of do a little matchmaking here. Let's pull up the middleweight rankings. Usually the top there. A Brad Tavares fight would be great. Brad Tavares is someone that does bring the action, and Anthony Hernandez had those nasty elbows. It was it didn't matter if it was if it was from outside or inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was elbowing him. He would take him down, and as soon as he'd kind of lose the great ground and pound positions, then he would stand up, bang a little bit, throw some elbows, and then pick him up and take him back down, yeah. slam him on his head like he did. I mean, you could do. I know. Du, I think Duplessis has a fight with Darren Till. I. I Chris, either a Chris Curtis or or Brad Tavares. I'd love to see a Brad Tavares yeah, fight. With that would those be that would be a good fight. That would, and then he also was someone that had the the tape over the gauge holes from where he normally mm-hmm. has gauges to stop. I, I'm guessing that's to stop the fingers from going yeah. to, to ripping that completely off. Um. Then our our uh, only heavy, I, I believe our only heavyweight fight of the entire night. Well, yep. that fight ended with a submission. Yes, it arm did. Triangle, beautiful arm yeah. triangle. Anthony Hernandez took him down in the third round and sunk in a nasty arm triangle. It was clay, it was clean, and it was clinical. And before we get too far into the main card, let's go back. And Aspen Lad missed weight for the second time, getting her can- her fight canceled. We just talked about Aspen Lad on the la- on the last podcast about how. Literally, the last thing we talked about about Aspen Lad was that she missed weight and passed out on the scale, and she mm-hmm. still fought. So now I don't I don't know if this is the second time in a row. I should have done a little bit better research. I I don't know if this is the second time in a row, but her fight with Sarah McMahon ended up getting canceled because I think I believe that she missed weight by two pounds. I think it was about two pounds. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, two pounds. Third time in her career she's missed weight. Third time in her career that she's missed weight. I don't know what you do with Aspen Ladd. She's good. Aspen Ladd is really good. I'm I'm, I'm even curious to see her record right now. Let me me look it up. I think it's probably best she probably goes up a weight class, you know. Yeah, she does fight at at 135. She could go up to 145 featherweight. I mean, Raquel Pennington beat her. I think Norma Dermont beat her. I don't know what she does. She's kind of she's on a little bit of a skid. She's she's two and three in her last five. After being completely undefeated, she was undefeated until which Jermaine Durandamine is a fucking nightmare. Like that mm-hmm. is a girl that'll stand even with Amanda Nunes, and most women don't. She matches her on I I believe on height. And even on weight, I mean, both those, those are some beast women right there. And so she lost to her, and that's nothing against her. But she is two and three in her last five. I don't know what you do with her. I, I agree. I think she they scrapped that fight with Sarah McMahon. And they tell her that she's got to she's got to go up to featherweight. That's the second fight she's gotten canceled because of missing weight too. Thing is, the UFC doesn't play with that for very long. Mm-hmm. There's people that will show up and make weight. Well, and you got, you got to wonder, too, because you see people like Khabib missed weight, you know, a handful of times. And then you got like a nutritionist and cut weight the right way and was able to start getting down, you know. And, and, you, look at Jose, and you look at Jose Aldo where he was so great at featherweight, like one of the greatest of all time. And he was at featherweight. And then and then he gets a, hires a nutritionist and ends up changing his entire lifestyle mm-hmm. to make bantamweight, to be able to go drop down an additional 10 pounds and uh-huh. make a bantamweight. It's doable. Yeah, and well, you don't even know the situation, but if she doesn't have a nutritionist, she probably yeah. At this point, she should probably get one. If she's doing some just like her coaches and that's it, and they're gonna cut weight, that she probably needs a nutritionist. And I know that the UFC does offer like a like a meal system to fighters Uh that they can use. I can't remember the name of it right now. Maybe I doubt it'll come to view, but maybe. And that even opens up the bigger question of should cutting weight just kind of go away completely? I'm not. I'm not jumping on that on that wagon of whether or not um, 
weight cutting should be removed. I think it's really, to me, as such a little ant on the spectrum, I think it's the only way that you can really keep a balance, or, or, or not balance, but like a system of how these fights work to keep it fair competitively, to have these guys show up the day before the fight, to have to make a certain weight class. I'm all for the weight classes. I don't I don't think we should take them away. I think that there's an opportunity to maybe bring one at like 160 and change welterweight to 175. I don't know if you could change one, but maybe a 160 weight class and maybe even adding a 190 weight class. I think some people would benefit from that. That's which yep. I think Colby Covington would benefit being able to cut down to 160 or 165. Because I think in a world without Kamaru Usman or Leon Edwards, um, Colby Covington's the champion. And I don't even know if Leon Edwards could beat Colby Covington. But he doesn't have that extra weight class there because it jumps from 155 to 170, 50, or 15 pounds. And I, the only bigger jump than that is between middleweight and light heavyweight at, from 185 to 205. Mm-hmm. The meal service, I believe, is Icon Meals. Icon Meals is that what it is? I think yeah, it's changed a couple of times. It, it might have. This this is an older. This is an article from a year ago. Um, our only heavyweight scrap of the night was Tanner Bozer versus Rodrigo Nascimento. Yeah, that was that was a good fight. Too. That was a good fight. It went it went to the distance. There was a couple times I thought both men could have been out. Mm-hmm. Uh, two judges gave Tanner Bozner Bozer. Two round or one round, um, Nascimento ends up winning. Nascimento did a good job of trying to, you know, get takedowns and get keep ground control and get, you know, win the fight like by points, you know. And in heavyweight, Daniel Cormier said several times during the broadcast that he big, it's over. There's the takedown. There's the takedown. Because mm-hmm. at heavyweight, it's so just the the higher weight and where Tanner. Bozer weighed in at 220. Most of the people that oh, weigh yeah, in. He was, at, he was a lot bigger than. Nascimento was a lot bigger than yes. Bozer. Yes. And so a lot of people that, that walk around at 220 actually fight at 205. And he said he wasn't mm-hmm. interested in that. And anytime Rodrigo got his hands clamped behind kind of like the underneath the butt of Bozer, it was done. He had, yeah, he, he had the scoop. Used his he weight dropped him down. He had Very a lot well. more. He had a lot of control time. Yeah. Eight minutes and one second. Two Bowser's 58, 58 seconds, seconds yeah. yeah. And no takedown, so it was a reversal that he got that control time or up, up against but the fence. Bozer did outstrike him brawler, significantly. Yeah. Out, significantly. No, yeah, significant. 163 strikes as a yeah. heavyweight. I didn't even see that till just now. That's a lot. Nascimento, mm-hmm. 91 strikes. Um, zero leg kicks from him. Bozer... Nine of twelve leg kicks, dude. Well, I did notice when Nascimento threw, threw punches though. Is he had like brick hands, dude? Like his his punches were heavy. He's a hard hitter, which will which will get you if you're a good enough brawler and you've got a chin on you in the heavyweight division. It, it'll get you places. It's like the Derek Lewis's and the Taito Ivas's of the mm-hmm. UFC. It'll it'll get you places. And and he has heavy. You could see it. He has heavy hands. It looked like a workout but, to throw his but hands. But you gotta around. be able to stop the takedown if you want to be a ranked UFC fighter. You have you have to be able to stop the takedowns. That was a pretty good one. Um, we kind of kick into one of the bigger fights of the oh, night. Oh yeah. Uh, the star Joe Pfeiffer. Joe with a body bags pie joe body bags pie for their body bags with a z with a z there yeah. ain't much harder nicknames in the ufc than body bags no. this dude burst it out the first episode of this season's dana white contender series he comes out he's the only one of that first episode that got a contract dana white says if you want to be in the ufc be, be like joe, joe po- he said be joe piper be like joe piper mm-hmm. if you want to be in here come in here and show it he gets his first that was in july and he turns around fights again here in september Ends up ends up KOing the guy, TKO KO. Round um, one. Round one, really quick. He about said it was two a, minutes in. About two minutes in. Wait, he said it was a no, a minute in. A minute, yeah, about like a minute and five seconds, right? Yeah. Something like no, three minutes and fifty five seconds in. So just oh, a minute, about a minute okay. until the last, until the last, until the end. Oh, of the that's round. how much was left. Mm-hmm. Okay, misread that. And so, um, 
He said it was a slow start for him. He come out, he was electric. He immediately took center of the octagon, dominated mm-hmm. the octagon, had control, and just kind of let it loose. It wasn't there wasn't a ton of striking. A lot of feeling out was going on, but he ended up getting the best of Amandowski and he hit him with a nasty. It was like, I think I believe it was a an up a fake uppercut yeah, upper check cut. hook that came yeah. over the crop over the yep. top and and dropped him and. It was awesome. He stood over them, over the top of him, flexed, screamed a little mm-hmm. bit, and then hit him with just with just one more. Dude, Amandowski, when he when he threw that punch, Amandowski woke up and had no idea who he was. Just woke up to Joe Pfeiffer throwing a punch at him. That's great to see Joe Pfeiffer. That was on the main card, but not the not the top middleweight main main fight. Um. But he makes. I think he's going to be a star. He will. I really be, I think, think Joe Pfeiffer's going to be a big star. He got on yeah. the mic and gave a shout out to Dana White. I guess when he went on the Dana White Contender Series, he said, you know, um, that he did not. He could not afford to pay his last month's rent. So when he went there, it was like two days before he got evicted, and he was like, "I put all my eggs in this basket. This is what I was born to do." And Dana White paid for him a place to live for a year and gave him some side and money gave him too, some side money said. on top of that for being the guy that showed up that night and mm-hmm. kind of saved that night because i did watch that night and it, it was what saved it. it was kind of boring i didn't even know who was going to get contracts that night and ended up only being joe pfeiffer it was a great fight man i'm really excited to see him i'm curious how long it takes for him to get a to get a top 15 fight because as you've seen there's the sean o'malley approach where they kind of give these guys some time to grow and, mm-hmm. and then Joe Pfeiffer, who is someone I think that is ready for that next step. I I, I think, think he is. I, I think he's steps above a lot of other fighters. I, I agree. And I think I even think um, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I think he's a little bit above Gregory Rodriguez, who was our co-main event tonight mm-hmm. or last night. And so I'm, I am curious if they'll do the more of the Sean O'Malley approach and let him fight these cans and build up a profile, build up a name to be this big, huge star. Or, or they'll just feed him right to the wolves. Yeah, that and will just be see interesting how he does. to see. Sink or swim, you know what I mean? Yeah, he'll be really interesting to follow. He's really good, I think. I think he could be a contender. Andre Feely was someone that I touched on last week at the flyweight division. Flyweight, or no, this, pardon me, featherweight, not flyweight. Um, featherweight is a tough division. Volkanovski's kind of got it on lock right now. I, I heard, and I could be completely wrong, but I heard... That Volkanovski would be the backup fighter to make weight and get ready for Charles Oliveira and Islam Makachev. Did you see what Khabib tweeted about that? Not to jump off of this last night's card, but did you see what what Khabib tweeted about no, is, I, about Oliveira? No, I didn't he see said that. he does not think Oliveira is actually going to show up. Oh, I did, I did see that. He does not think he'll even show up in Abu Dhabi. You don't think? That's Du Bronx we're talking about. And I'm not even taking favoritism. That's Du Bronx. Like Du Bronx said, he'll start off on his back. He doesn't give a shit. It doesn't matter to him. Zero matter. You think your wrestling's better? All right. Let me and my number one submissions in the UFC put that to a test. I'll start on my back. I'd love nothing more than to see that. But we'll jump back. Andre Philly was someone I touched on last week. That was a really good fight. That was a good fight. Um, Philly busted up Algio really, really early and nasty. I think he had him on the top of the head, and then I think he had him across the top of the forehead as well. That was a good fight. Algio, uh, Philly definitely took the first round. Yeah, yeah, he took the first round and for then sure. Algio took the second round. Algio had a really high output. I was even worried a little bit for Andre Philly during that fight for moments. Mm-hmm. Um, Gio landed a lot of clean strikes, and it was really good. Yeah, they kind of came into that second round. Like, they both came out just throwing punches at each other. Like, they yeah. opened up right that's what immediately. Said, he felt disrespected. He felt like this was the fight that should have been talked about a lot more mm-hmm. than what was talked about. Yeah, that was a really good fight. Um, My second favorite fight of the night, I think. I don't know. The whole night was it was a good, it was super a good, good night of fights. Card. On, a, on a different card, this would have been the best fight of the night. Um, Philly ends up taking Algeo's back in the third round, and Algeo is so busted up, he's just bleeding. And Philly said in his post-fight interview is that his ear got oh, so yeah. clogged mm-hmm. that after, like two minutes after, he still couldn't hear, and he was dumping it out, and a whole fucking yeah, blood, blood clot, clot came come out, out of that, his ear. Ooh, that'd be so nasty. 
Like sometimes I'll be sitting there, I'm tripping, thinking there's bugs in my ear and shit. <laughs> but I couldn't even imagine a whole blood clot no, come that's, sliming out that's of your ear. Disgusting. It was a split decision. One of the one of those judges gave Algio that round from I'm imagining from like the punches. He was landing sound punches. He like, was while, while he was stuck in that body triangle. He was landing sound. I want to discuss that. Do you think that those punches won in the round? That's what won in the round to me. Because that's the only thing I could see. Like when I'm when I'm watching, and I'm not, I, I'm not but ringside. Do you think, I don't know. I don't judge professionally. But when I'm when I, that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that that one judge thought that he had a higher output because he had him in the body triangle, which is total uh-huh. control. But he wasn't. I mean, he, he was, wasn't he doing was looking for a submission it. at one point really deep. But then he didn't do much after that. You know, he wasn't consistently looking. Algio for did the most damage. From, yeah. from what he was doing. On a compared. striking point of view, I'm curious what the... Like, Feely argued what was more potentially dangerous, but potentially dangerous doesn't matter because no, he didn't do anything with it. it. At the end of the day, he and, didn't do anything and with Algeo it. And Algeo actually outstruck him 151 to 67, uh-huh. landed total strikes. So, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with that judge that marked that round as a win for Algeo because he did, the, he did, the, he did more damage. It. I don't hate it. But, you know, but as a true, like, like a longtime fan... Body, when you're in a body triangle like that, mm-hmm. you have complete control of that guy. He's locked in your legs. He's not going anywhere. But, but what did Feely do with it at the end of the day? He was looking for submissions, and I would have gave him the round. I would have gave Feely the round, but I'm I'm not pissed off. But Algio's or- submission defense, when he did have it, like had the choke going... Algio defended it pretty well, and that's why Feely ended up. No, not, and he did, and, and there was a couple times I thought he had it. Like uh-huh. I, when he slipped off the hands the first time, and he relocks like that. Usually, it's over when they when because that's how it works. Is you lock it in, and then they peel that hand off, and then they hurry and switch it over, and they lock it in the other side. Usually, it's completely over. Algio had top notch submission defense. He did. He did. And I'm not trying to knock any of the guys. It it was a great night of fights. It was one of the best fights on the card, if not the best. I think the main event, and we'll get to that kind of out for me. That was my yeah. Idea. Um. Yeah, then we get to the co-main event. Um, Chidi and Nakuni versus Gregory the Rodriguez Robocop. Robocop. I believe it's Chidi and Jacuani. I butchered name, so you're my fact checker. Kobe is my fact checker forever. Um, Robocop is a beast. I've watched his fights, the last couple of his fights, um, going into this one. I didn't know if he was going to win it. He, Dude. The, the fucking knee. That knee. And he put his head <laughs> into it, too. So the knee was coming at him, and he shoved his head into it with a takedown attempt. The knee that he ate would have killed me. That would have killed me. It would have killed you. Would that, have knocked out eight he, out of ten. It would fighters. have knocked out eight out of ten. It would have killed two out of ten. <laughs> yeah. It would have killed them. Right at the top, Ooh. dead center of your face. Just cut from in between his two eyes. Cut it wide open. His nose looked like it was about to just slough off his face. Almost. It added to this whole night of just blood. It was such a bloody mm-hmm. night, and I, and I love it as a fan. I love to see it. It's it's such a raw sport, and there's no other sport like it. And you don't really get to see like you'll go cards where no one's really cut. Like what we what we saw this weekend would have had a lot of people squirmish. A lot of people couldn't have seen that. There were some nasty cuts this weekend, and this is this is like the top the second worst of the night. I mean that cut was nasty. I think he even cut him again on top of just the cr- top of the crack. It was a great fight. I don't know how many of you guys actually watched it because the UFC fight nights don't get attraction like the pay-per-views, but you miss out. It's great to be a UFC fan right now, which I'm so excited to have you be my co-host here, Kobe, because you're you're coming in fresh. You're coming mm. in brand new. Never really looked into it, and you're coming in, in just – I've said this to so many people in real life, like like people I have personal relationships with. There's never been a better time than right now to be a UFC fan. And I truly feel that there is something going on every single week. And there the is. fights that they're putting on are awesome. And even like even when there's not something going on with the UFC, there are a lot of other leagues that are really coming up. Like yes. one FC and PFL are PFL, really coming up. I mean, up. we can kind of take a jump for a second here to talk about PFL. PFL's on their shit. They've had some really, really big signings right now. 
I know that um, they just signed Shane Burko, Burgos, sorry, Shane Burgos, who was a top 15 featherweight contender, fought Edson Barbosa. I mean, Shane Burgos is a great fucking fighter. And then I think the next, the following week, they signed Tiago Moses or Tiago Santos, um, was he a UFC light heavyweight fighter and even a middleweight fighter? This dude went to a split decision with John Jones and was mm-hmm. still a ranked light heavyweight. And I, I can't remember the third person that they just signed after Tiago Santos. I'm drawing a blank on that, but but I don't know. I just saw it too. Just like you said. There's all these other like for this weekend. There's no there's no UFC fights going on this weekend. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure we're gonna be carried with PFL. There'll be a one FC one fight FC this fight this weekend. Likely, I have. If I you don't, don't have the sure. UFC fight pass, I really really recommend you go get it because there's they they have so many great fights every weekend that's going on in there. You you don't even gotta know what's going on. You just pull mm-hmm. it up and, and right there PFL one FC and one FC e- starting Eagle to stream FC. on Amazon. On Amazon, yeah. One FC, one one FC, FC on their Amazon. first one on Amazon was Mighty Mouse versus Mariah. Mariah's so two. That was a good fight. We, I, that we was watched such that. A good that was fight. a really we did good watch fight. It. That was a great fucking fight. Mighty Mouse, I think he's a little slept on because that division was kind of didn't have a lot of super good fighters, but he's he's elite. He's so good. He's, I, he's I really would good. love to see Mighty Mouse come back to the UFC. That'd be that'd be crazy because he is fighting up. He's what fighting at 135 now on the 135 now, weight? Okay. Yeah. I believe that's their flyweight, featherweight. I switched it. Yeah. So we can jump right back into where we were at with the with the RoboCop Coleman event of this weekend. It was a great fight. RoboCop ends up out. The both men were so gassed after that action-packed first round. I mean, mm-hmm. both men were dropped. Both men were hurt. Dude, and after that knee, you really didn't think that RoboCop was going to come back. You really thought that fight was over. And then Jacquelani just had to get a few more good strikes in. I think I even texted you and said, this is over. I texted you and said, this fight's over. And look at me, eating my own words. RoboCop ends up coming on top round two, early into round two, a minute 27. He ends up t- I think he took him down with about a minute left, took all of 30 seconds. I mean, they both men were so tired. He got on top. There just wasn't a whole lot um, for Ninjaku, Ninjaku Annie to do. What were your thoughts on that fight? Besides, besides the big cut, just like overall, because I, I had never really seen Chidi fight before. And and he showed up for me. I'd love to see him fight again. I don't even welcome that rematch. That was, I mean, that I hate yeah, yeah, that, rematch, that but that was a, a hell of a fight. He did show up, you know, and you, really, you thought he'd win that fight after that knee. Oh yeah, like, I thought it was over. I thought it was yeah, over. Yeah, you. Everyone thought it was over. Even you know, DC made it seem like like DC was kind of writing RoboCop off. Like everyone kind of was, you know, that fight was over. And then RoboCop made the huge comeback. Put it on him. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and won. Mm-hmm. I just, love that shit, dude. I love that was such a fun, crazy ground and pound fight to watch. It was. Then I guess we can get jump into this main event. I think last week I called Corey Sanhagen to win. I don't know if I officially made that per- my prediction. If you want to see my predictions, follow us on TikTok because I will do a rapid fire prediction for every fight. For every weekend, not every fight, but at least the main the main card of the of the weekend. So make sure to follow us down there, and also on any social media that you use. Instagram. I think we'll start putting our predictions up on YouTube. Instagram too. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like the little fight cards there, yeah. we did in the yeah. group chat, we'll put mm-hmm. those on Insta. Every weekend at my house, when we host one of these big pay per views, we do a little breakdown of the card. Everyone predicts it, and there's and there's um, punishments that come with mm. predicting wrong, <laughs> <laughs> which I've definitely felt the worst of last oh, weekend. Shit. What's up? My laptop just died. All right. I think we're ready to get back. Back from our technical difficulties. Yep, a little break. My laptop died. Forgot to plug it in before we started the pod. Not everyone, My but bad. some of us can give a good fuck you to Kobe. <laughs> right there. But now, of course, we love everything that he does. This wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for Kobe. Um, let's just jump right right where we, where we left off. Yeah, we're just barely getting into the main event. Corey Sanhagen versus Song Yudong. I believe it was number four versus number 10. Yep. Um, Corey Sanhagen, number four. 
and uh, Song Yudong, number 10. I feel like this fight was kind of like a kind of set up to test Song against like top like contender mm. level guys. And and Song Yudong's good. Mm-hmm. He is good. He's beat Cheeto, Marlon Cheeto Vera. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you but watched he was, that Dom Cruz fight with, with Cheeto Vera. He's beat um, Casey Kenny. Marlon Marias, I mean Kyler Phillips. He ended up losing to which Kyler Phillips is a beast. He was, he was mm. about to break out. Songy Dong's a beast, dude. And I've watched Songy Dong for a while. I was I was actually on a Wildland Fire a couple years ago, um, and he fought in Houston on the Derek Lewis card. I think Derek Lewis was versus uh, Cyril Gone. And ever since then, I've I've, I've been a fan. Songy Dong's a beast. I think last week I did end up taking Corey Sanhagen to beat him, but I knew Songy Dong's a beast, and he hits really fucking hard he does and that's what uh cory sanhagen said in his post he he's, like, he's like song yudong hits really he didn't expect him to hit as mm-hmm. hard he said he didn't underestimate him which i i kind of felt like he, he did, did. Mm-hmm. i i felt like he did but he, but he said that what surprised him was is that he hit really hard and and i well song is he's been a professional fighter since he was 15 years old He's been in the UFC since he was 19. I believe he's 24 now. Oh, like, he's been doing yeah. it his whole life, pretty much. I mean, a professional since 15. That's crazy. And he just got tested with someone that was at UFC champion caliber. I mean, mm-hmm. he lost to, to TJ Pillaroids, and then he lost to uh, um, Peter Yan. So, yeah, I mean, they said he took the, about a year off. said in the broadcast he's only lost to people who have been champion. Yes, I didn't know. I guess that's I true with Aljo, with Aljo, who's champion now, mm-hmm. uh, TJ Dillashaw, who was a champion, and with Peter Yan, who was a champion. And I that, didn't know that Dillashaw either. fight was even controversial. Yeah, it was right? extremely, like some people say he won extremely that fight. controversial. Mm-hmm. I gave it to TJ when I watched it live, but I haven't. I don't think I've rewatched that fight. But I don't think I've seen it. I'll have to go back the, and watch If that. you watch it and you look at the two of them at the end of the fight, this is what Corey says. If you just look at a picture of both of them after the fight and say who won. Obviously, people are going to say Corey. Corey Dill. Corey's starting to become like a Tony Fur. Like, this is what the broadcast said. He's starting to become known as this guy that when you fight him, you leave busted. Like, like Tony Ferguson used to be like with his elbows and shit. People would leave, leave that octagon in just a bloody mess. And that's how Corey's been. With TJ Dillashaw, I mean, he, he not only did he bust up his knee and, and have, make him have to get knee surgery, but then he also split his fucking eyelid open, just like he did with Song Yudong. I I don't I can't remember if it was a stepping elbow like he did on Song Song Yudong. But I mean, when Corey Sanhagen fights, he busts people up. His elbows are his razor elbows blades. Are, are just fucking brutal. They're just brutal. I mean, his elbow last night that cut Song open. I mean, it didn't look like much, but it just cut him open. Man, when they, I. Before we get into the ending, I had Song Yudong. I'll, I'll I'll come out here publicly and say this. I I gave Song Yudong rounds one through three. I had it three rounds to one going. Into I kind of even had it that way as well. And I watch a lot of I watch a lot of fights, and I I I'm not saying I'm this great ref or this great judge, but I did have some, at least if not three, then at least two. Two mm-hmm. of those first three mm-hmm. rounds went went to Song Yudong. And that's what two of the judges had was two. Yes. Two. two judges had it 2-2 two, two, and one had it 3-1 for, mm-hmm. for Corey Sanhagen, I believe. I think what we're kind of missing out on is the control against the fence Corey had a lot. He did and that even a lot. takedowns. Mm-hmm. Corey Sanhagen shot 14 takedowns. Only got one of them, though. One of them. Song but, was good with his takedowns two for two. But that's what Corey said in his post fight is that was his plan was to just take some power away from him. So every time he even fainted like that, he he was reacting. He was he was either going down mm-hmm. for a sprawl or, or he was putting his hands down. So Corey's saying he was taking the power away from the from him. But if you look at here, 100, 130 total strikes from Sandhagen to one hundred and thirty total strikes from Song Yudong. Mm-hmm. Song was a little bit more accurate. It looks like through about twenty or so less twenty five less strikes. And Corey had the more significant Corey had strikes. Forty more significant strikes. But so. I mean, Song, like Corey said, Song Yudong hits so, just hits so hard, mm-hmm. and he, it, Song was so busted up, and they could have stopped that fight earlier. Mm-hmm. The docs, 
the, the doctors kept the fights going. They did. They did all night. There was some uh-huh. robo the, with the one with a uh, RoboCop. I thought uh-huh. they were going to stop. I, that. I thought they would too, and they didn't. They let I think go. the commentators did too, and they also thought this fight was going to get stopped in the second round, when which is what I, where I believe that. Well, cut after come he from, got cut, cut, come from. Yeah, that the first that round where he first got cut, you thought he has to get the knockout before this round's over. They'll probably end this fight. Yeah, you know? and that's what they were saying. Uh-huh. Is the commentators, as in they, they were they were saying that. He's he's running on borrowed time, mm-hmm. but but if we look at how how the doctor was was last night, he was very lenient to these cuts. Yeah, like, I think Song them lose. I think Song was, was smart to not really go all out trying to get the knockout in that round. And it was know? tough when I think it was the fourth round when he shot that takedown and got top control, and they're rubbing together. Mm-hmm. When he gets that top control, they're rubbing yeah. heads together, and that's just. And between the fourth and fifth round, when you saw that, it was completely separated off of his eyebrow. You, I mean, like it was so big, and I and I I thought the doc told Herb Dean that it's your call, and then Herb Dean stopped it. That that thing was fucking nasty. It seemed to me that the doctor did call it, but it kind of seemed he was about to let it go, and then he took a second look at it and was like, "No, we we gotta stop it." That cut was was nasty. It was. I that mean, was a crazy. It was so cut. bad to really top off a night and, of and cuts. not even like to take anything away from Corey Sandhagen. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people are saying, "Oh, the doctor." There's a lot of stigma that goes with the doctor stoppage, uh-huh. but it was it was due to a strike that Corey yeah. threw that split him open. That's mm-hmm. a win for Corey. And he's saying, "Give me something for for, for for Christmas," but he wants to fight up. He said he missed a re- missed out on the last time when they fought everyone. In, in the little like Grand Prix that this bantamweight division's been having that that will end with um, Sean O'Malley versus Peter Yan this this big Grand Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Sandhagen ranked four only only three fighters above him and he's fought two of them and lost to two of the three. Maybe that's a good fight for Marab the Wallawilly. Yeah, obviously Marab doesn't want to fight for a title against his boy Aljo. Uh-huh. He made that clear. They asked him mm-hmm. what he they asked him. He, he, he the didn't question, say nothing. Dude. Dana was mad about that too. He basically just talked about how much he loved Aljamain uh-huh. Sterling, mm-hmm. and Aljamain's talking about going up to 145, but he's got to get some title defenses underneath him. He doesn't have the hype that I think he feels like he has to to, to become a double champ after off after this title def- if he ends up beating TJ Pillaroids. Mm-hmm. Dude, I hope Song doesn't slide too far back. I think he really showed up in that fight. I don't think you can look at that fight and think too negatively of him. Like he really showed up. That I think he really a, proved himself. It was a big testing point. Uh-huh. Like yeah, he proved he him. can fight with the top guys. Yes, he can, and I think he impressed me a lot uh-huh, too. He impressed me a lot. I thought Corey was kind of going to dominate. I think this fight, Corey kind of under, underestimated him. That's kind of what it seemed like he in the hurt first round. Corey, he had him on skates. Mm-hmm. Um, he impressed me for sure. I I would like to think that he fight that he fights more. In the top ten, then the top fifteen doesn't fight doesn't fight above him. He fights mm-hmm. down below him. You know, a couple of good fights here. I mean, Dominic Cruz. I don't know what Dominic Cruz is gonna do. But Dominic Cruz did beat Casey Kenny, who Song Dong beat, and uh, Dominic Cruz only beat him by a split decision. I don't know. When I scored, it, I thought Casey Kenny won. Maybe a Pedro Munoz, since obviously Sean O'Malley. Obviously, didn't beat him, but Sean Lee fought him at number eight or six, something like that. And then now he's fighting Peter Yan for a title eliminator fight. So maybe a maybe a Pedro Munoz, Rob Font. I would I wouldn't mind seeing Song Yang versus Rob Font. That actually that would be actually a hell of a fucking fight. Mm-hmm. Song's a guy I can see getting into the top five. Oh yeah, I, I can see this list here, and I don't mm-hmm. want to say anything, but I I can pick people out that he that I do think Song Yudong could be after yeah. just just based off watching him fight Corey Sandhagen, who's tied the most active like the the active UFC tallest man in the bantamweight division with Sean O'Malley. Only only Corey Sandhagen and Sean O'Malley are five eleven in that one thirty five division, which is the height advantage is huge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would, I would like to think that Song Yudong's stock didn't lower after this weekend, especially two no. two going into the fifth with Corey mm. fucking Sandhagen. That dude's a fucking nightmare, man. That dude's a beast. I think Song had you know good odds of going in and winning that fifth round and getting the fight, winning the whole fight. But that cut was just it was nasty. nasty. Man. 
what a time like like somewhere someone like you that that hasn't been into this which i haven't been this into this sport my whole life mm-hmm. but the last two and a half three years i've just devoted myself and studied and watched older fights and, and kind of grown into an educated fan like a like mm-hmm. a, a hardcore fan of this sport and this organization there's not a better time to be joining this shit than right now no there's really not you know like like our my, my first event i went to that we went to we went to usc 278 here in utah and that was crazy. We got to see two legends fight their last fights in legends. the UFC. Luke Rockhold and Jose Aldo. And Jose Aldo. And let's let's give about five, ten seconds here. You know, a cheers to Jose Aldo as today literally today, mm-hmm. September eighteenth, he has announced his retirement from the sport. Which which he told the Walla Willie that he was going to retire, but his manager came out and said that he's probably gonna fight again in December. Today he made it official. He, yeah. he's stepping yeah. away, so Here's to you, Jose Aldo. There wasn't a greater time in that arena that night than when Jose Aldo walked no, out. I he had walked clip. out. The cloud was. I might electric. even post it on social media just to give a little shout out Crazy. to Jose Aldo. This is to you. But that event to go to, to watch two legends fight their last fights, and then that surprise knockout at the end, wow. Leon Edwards with the head kick shameful i wasn't even watching live as it happened i was over talking to camden shout out to camden man there isn't a better time to be a ufc fan i i don't give no, a fuck really what not. you say there's not a better time than right now to be a ufc getting fan. in now joe pyfer just coming in now. joe pyfer i'll be following him you know is kind of the guy that's, that's coming in guys. as i'm starting you that's know guys something that as we come to a close after last night's recap um no we take a break from the ufc this weekend um we come back there's dana white's contender series of course on tuesday don't miss out on that um but we watch that this week yeah we will have to for sure and then next week as well september 27th um october 20 or october 1st we come back mackenzie dern versus jan yoian it's going to be a good card. Sadiq Yusuf. We kind of touched on it a little bit last week. We'll touch on it a whole lot more next week at the breakdown. Um, I guess since we have a break and we have a little bit of time that we can slip some things, and I've got some questions to put Kobe on the hot seat here this week. Some questions that I saw in the comments that I like would like to bring up just to put you on the hot seat before we get into no. this week's podcast. What's this about? The number one was this that I saw was, how fucking old are you? Really? No bullshit here. How old are you? 21. 21, like, publicly, or 21, like, in the government's eyes? 21, just in everyone's eyes. Well, I don't know why you're so mysterious all the time. What do you mean? What's your favorite fucking color, even? I don't know. Probably blue, maybe. Blue. You said I don't know. Probably blue. Do you have a hard time making like thorough decisions? Yeah, that'd be. There's lots of cool colors, dude. Who's your favorite UFC fighter? Izzy. Israel Adesanya. Yep. I don't actually, dude. Robert Whitaker came up big when we watched UFC Paris a few weeks ago. Tytu Voss, I like him a lot. But Israel Adesanya is your number one. I think so, dude. I'm bummed. Why? I mean, he's just who I saw. Like, before I got into the UFC, he's who I kind of loosely followed. He's the clips that kind of got you in. Yeah. Which, for that, was, was, was Sean O'Malley for me right off the Contender Series. Mm-hmm. I saw a little bit of Sean O'Malley, too. He's a big star. I like, I like Sean O'Malley. All right. For the last question I got for you. Something big here. And I know that you might actually elaborate into this, so you can kind of discuss why, but if you're going to be stuck on an abandoned island by yourself, you can take three items. What do you take? Ooh. That's a tough question. You knew this question. You probably thought about this question. What are you taking? What am I taking? Yeah, what are you taking? <laughs> I didn't. Think about this. <laughs> um... Realistically, I would say just because I, I, I understand where I'm at. Like if I got dumped off in an island, I'm not going to try to front and act like I'm something else. So I'm going to get a flint and steel 
you know, something so I can start a fire because mm-hmm. I'm not good enough to fucking sit there with the sticks and light a fire. <laughs> all bush bushwood style. I can't do that. So I take I take a flint and steel. I think something basic to say would be like a water purifier, but fuck that. I take a big ass pot that I could cook things in. Obviously, <laughs> I'll I'll purify my water by boiling it. Well, if you're on an island that's salt water, you gotta get the salt out of the water. Can you boil it out? Dude, I don't know. Google that shit right now. Can you boil out salt water like if if you were? Because if you were trapped on a abandoned island, there's no way you're making it off if you can't. Let's see here. You can't. Hmm. So I guess this voids the entire fucking question. Um, you need to ev- evaporate the water into something else, and the salt will stay behind. That's what I'm seeing. You'll need to bring stuff to do that, dude. I think you need a degree to understand what that means. Or score higher than a 17 on the ACT. Maybe, dude. <laughs> you might need to. And then probably like a hatchet that I could kill things with. Which I oh, could kill dude. things with my Easy. bare hands. But what are you looking at? Do things wash up on this island? I mean... We're using the shit on the beaches. I don't know how many islands I've chilled on to wait for things to wash up. Dude, I, I think it just happens, dude. I think... You, like a care on, package? You're gonna get no, like a care dude, package? No, dude, just random junk stupid. washing up bro, on the okay. beaches, bro. It happens. Three items. All right, Kobe, quit dodging the fucking question. Dude, Three items steel here. for sure. Foot and steel. Foot and so steel. You're, you're in agreement with that. A machete, maybe. See, I picked a hatchet. the third item you think that's what i'm saying i don't even think i said a third item mom close your ears if you're listening to this but probably and no joke a 1983's vintage real authentic playboys magazine like a september (laughs) october edition where you're you're getting into fall colors but you're not full-blown fall colors you know i mean you're still brown bush but (laughs) that's my third item Maybe one of those GPSs with an SOS button. Get help. An SOS yeah. button. Get help. Oh <laughs> all right. Well, that's all that we got going on this week in the MMA space. Of course, I'd like to thank you guys for watching the number one Utah-based podcast in the nation. Roll the fucking outro. We're out. Make sure you follow us on social media. Deseret underscore MMA on all social media. Do it fast. <laughs>